podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Oh, it's a goal. Who got the assist? Who got the assist? Hello, so we're here on YouTube once more to examine the wreckage of Double Game Week 32, a game which we promised so much but delivered with the certainty of a Brexit deal. Um, I'm joined today, of course, by Nick, also a guest in Ted, one of the bright young things in the FPL community this year. He's at Ted Talks FPL on Twitter, and I believe you're starting a new channel soon. Uh, he's also been broadcast on uh, Let's Talk FPL and his YouTube channel. Uh, so hi, Ted, how are you? Uh, for those who don't know you, can you introduce yourself and uh, let us know a little bit about you? Yeah, cool. Um, thanks for inviting me on, first of all. Um, it's an honour to be asked to do some of this, something like this. So, um, so thanks to you guys. Um, yeah, I run the Twitter account, TED Talks FBL. I've only, only been doing it for about six months. But um, yeah, uh, specialising sort of visual stats. Um, and I use a sort of model that combines quantity stats and quality stats. Uh, so adds that additional dimension. Um and then from next week, I'm going to be starting a new YouTube channel, um, uploading videos, um, specialising in sort of YouTube, um, sorry, uh, visual stats. But um, so the the main focus of that will be bandwagons after um, the sort of chip um, occasions. So uh, I know that uh, we get a lot, a lot of these forming over the season. So mm-hmm. I know it's it's useful when to um, avoid and when to get on board. So. Uh, yeah, if you guys want to keep uh, an eye on that, then you can subscribe to the channel. But there's no videos on there at the moment. But it's called TED Talks FPL. Forthcoming, um, forthcoming yeah, glory and gold on the way. <laughs> and, uh, how are you, Nick? How are you doing? Yeah, not bad. Thank you. Uh, welcome, Ted. Glad to have you on. And uh, yeah, good luck with your future ventures. Um, <laughs> just to say uh, quickly, of course, we are Who Got the Assist. You can find us on Twitter at WGTA underscore FPL. You can use Spotify, SoundCloud, wherever you like to listen to subscribe. So as this is a WGT Q&A, we're not going to be doing a proper podcast, um, especially considering there's only like a couple of days before the next round of fixtures. There's no point, you know, delving too much into to the wreckage of the game week, as Tom put it. But um, we do have, um, and we'll be giving our thoughts on a few burning questions that we've been asked in the aftermath of this double game week just gone. So uh, we'll get over and done with the double game week reviews. Um, do you want to start as the, as the guest, Tom, and, and let us know how you got on? Ted. Uh, yeah, Ted, Tom's sorry. Ted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm <laughs> God knows how long, Nick. I'm already I'm just a guest for you, didn't me? Unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm the host. I'm the host. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, I'm happy to kick us off. Um, it looks like live FPLs are saying I've got a score of 96 this week, which is agonizing short of that 100. Whoa. But uh, there we go. Um, you know, it's what it is. And the score doesn't actually matter, does it? There was a few things going on Twitter today about. You know, it's just how, how much you score more than everyone else rather than the score itself. So uh, it is what it is. Um, yeah, some of the so the, the the main ones in my team, Hazard pulled his weight tonight and um, Aguero did the business last game. Um, it was a strange game week because we had all those injuries back and forth with like the Rashfords and the Agueros and whatnot. Um, but most of the team is a bit template. I had Edison in goal, a couple of clean sheets, nice. Uh, Louise clean sheet tonight and... Um, a bit of a maverick pay with Trippier pulled through tonight with um, a clean sheet and a, probably a bonus point I think he got. Mm-hmm. Um, the only other maverick pick was was Martial, uh, 2.7% owned in the top 10k. 
and he got a, a solid 10 points. So I'm pretty happy with that. Uh, and that moves me up to about 1.3k. So really Very happy good. with that. Um, I just want that triple figure finish. Oh, yeah, I, no, I just, agonize. I, it's agonize. <laughs> How are you guys doing this week? Um, I'll, I'll go second. Then. So yeah, it, it wasn't it wasn't great to be honest. On my free hit, <laughs> I'm a bit you know down in the dumps about it because I ended up returning only 83 points. And considering like this was a free hit, where I had lines 22 players all playing. You know, I had all the key men in there, the triple Manchester City. Um, you know, like the likes of Pogba and Kane did absolutely nothing for me, and that you know they were very disappointed. Also, um, also had De Gea, and you know United were an absolute calamity yesterday, weren't they in defence? Um, and you know some of my differential picks, Willy Bolly um, and oh, um, Tino didn't do I anything like at all like after that. that. Um, ended up, you know, Hudson Odoi actually had most, uh, more points than most of my midfield with seven, and I captain Sterling, not Aguero, so I only got six from that. But you know, um, Hazard got fifteen, Luis got eight, Schlup seven. The the main man actually, um, the same man as last time in the double game week, uh, Laporte was the kind of the only sole hero of the team really with uh, with seventeen points, which was was pretty decent, I think, and um, really good return from him. Just to, just goes to show, I guess, in a double game week with Manchester City, he's the only one you can rely on, really, isn't he? Yeah, definitely. He seems to have a bit, bit of a pinch on for the double game weeks, doesn't he? It's always worth keeping the door open for the uh, the, the French centre back. Uh, for me this week, it's a hundred and eight by the looks of it, um, which is I'm quite happy with to be honest. After like triple captain Kukunaguero got the goal and the assist, but um, didn't get the second game. Went off a little bit early. Like I know in the context of other people getting threes and other people getting twos from Salah and Sane and so forth, it's not too bad. Um, but uh, the potential was there for it to be so much more. Like it's 108, which is very good. It's uh, it, it it just could have been a little bit more. I think it could have been pushed up a bit more uh, if uh, couldn't have played my second game. Though by the looks of um, how heavily Pep rotated, he may not have anyway. So there we go. Um, yeah, very similar to you guys. Um, I had uh, Jimenez and uh, Rashford though, uh, which is quite good on uh, non on free hitters who maybe went with Batshuayi, maybe went with Kane, um, and uh, yeah, uh, Hazard, Son uh, tonight scoring the first goal. White Hart Lane was very good. Uh, Guaitar and goal with a clean sheet, and he got a lot of saves tonight as well. It pushed me over over the edge a little bit. And uh, yeah, in the last minute, a bit of fortuitousness. So I benched Aaron Wan-Bissaka and put on Ben Chilwell. Uh, made an extra two points. Uh, I would probably optimally, with Captain Hindsight, would have benched Van Dyke for Wambasaka. But according to an ITK, aka an IDK on Twitter, um, I, I've heard that Wambasaka wasn't playing, so I put him on the bench. And uh, yeah, I'm, I've missed out on a few points, but that would have just been chill well either way. Uh, so yeah, all okay. Maybe I might even break the top 500k this season. It's been so bad. Right, uh, let's move on to uh, the first little kind of feature before we get going to the questions, and that's the market forces. Just want to see how people are reacting to how everything has gone. Maybe a good barometer of uh, uh, how people have taken the results of this game week and how they're setting up for the next week, which, I, which is what a few of the questions are about today. Uh, Nick, uh, you're the man across the numbers. What are you seeing in the NTI data at the moment? So, yeah, what I'm seeing, it's not really linked to what actually happened at all in the game week. Um, you know, it's all about the next game week. People have quickly forgotten about the doubles and they're looking at the game week 33 blank. And, you know, they're, they're bringing in players that are obviously playing. That means the likes of um, Aguero um, is being sold quite heavily, which is perhaps no surprise considering he's got a knock and he's injured. We're also seeing quite heavy sales for Pogba 
And um, Jimenez as well, which is a little bit of a surprise. So Jimenez has had 44,000 transfers out, um, which obviously he's had a pretty decent game week, but he has no game in 33. Pogba has had 68,000 transfers out. And, you know, Pog- we'll probably talk about it a bit later, perhaps, but Pogba's been pretty bereft of form um, very recently in the last sort of six game weeks. He's he's only got one assist and he's missed a penalty and that's it. It's been pretty shocking. And Aguero, who's got a knock, has had um, over 80,000 transfers out which is um, obviously people getting rid. Perhaps they'll be bringing him back in when they're wildcarding at 34. I don't know. But the people being brought in, it all seems to be quite premium, quite attacking players. Not too much move in terms of the defenders this week. Mane is the most transferred in player with 57,000 transfers in. Uh, perhaps he's one of the picks of the bunch. Um, definite option for the captaincy next game week. We're also seeing Vardy transferred in, 43,000 transfers in. Wilson with 32,000. Lacazette with also 32,000. And Aubameyang as well with 31,000 transfers in. So the Arsenal players are starting to to get a bit of momentum in terms of the transfers in. And perhaps that's because obviously they've got a game in 33, but they've also got a double in 35, which makes them a really good pick uh, for people who don't have their wild card or don't have a free hit to use now. Yeah, no, it certainly makes sense. And I guess that people are, as you say, uh, proofing their way towards the future with those. I mean, Ted, is there other, any names there you're surprised about? I mean, selling uh, Jimenez, for example, uh, selling, uh, do you reckon that's something that people are being hasty about? Like, it just looks to me like people are either upgrading him, as Nick said, to, to an Arsenal asset or maybe uh, getting Wilson in. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think the thing with Jimenez is if people um, got him in before, uh, the blanks and the doubles are so much value probably tied up in him that getting rid now seems ridiculous considering that he's got um, some pretty good fixtures after 33 and people will probably be bringing him in on a wild card in 34. So it seems like a strange decision to me. Um, I guess if people do have a wild card in 34, this, this, uh, sort of these market forces are a bit of a, a strange one. People can do whatever they want and then wild card in 34 and it doesn't matter. So uh, unless the team value is 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 plummeting rapidly, then it seems like a bit of a a free for all. But um, yeah, I, I suppose there are limited options this week in 33 with the blanks, um, with all of the 31 players coming back. But the only other team that probably going to draw um, attention is Arsenal players, that seem to be in good form and and um, up to third in the table now. So the likes of Kolasinac, Down to fourth again. Oh, are they down to fourth? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> As a Spurs fan, I thought I'd point that out. <laughs> but Arsenal so, yeah, do have a game in hand. Don't, yeah. don't want to offend anyone. Uh, yeah, but they're still in decent form. So, um, yeah. Uh, and some really good fixtures from um, 33 onwards, actually. I don't think they play at uh, top four, top six side um, for the rest of the season now. No, they don't. It's, um, all, it's all good. It's all uh, good for Arsenal, actually. It's just the uh, the horrendous uh, the horrendous schedule, which we're going to talk about in a second. All right, great. Um, let's get stuck into the questions here um, on the uh, on the guide for now, and we'll we'll go through these, and then we'll put these into the pod, and then people on stream uh, will answer a few questions after that. Uh, the first question is uh, from our friend Neil Goops Gupta, um, who uh, it's about man United assets suck. Um, is there a case to go about any United assets for the, for the foreseeable future, uh, given the fixture pile up and uh, with heads perhaps elsewhere? So uh, Pogba to Real Madrid has been a story which has been doing the rounds recently as the uh, transfer window rumor mill starts um united wise then lads what would we reckon uh 
well, t- Ted's uh, so, so shocked he's off. Oh, there we are. He's back. Um, uh, yeah, sorry. Uh, so, Nick, what do you reckon about about United? Like, um, I guess you're maybe holding Pogba. Are you going to get him out this week and then maybe reconsider in 34 when you wildcard? What's your plan there? So, he's probably going to be on the bench in 33 anyway. I've already got 12 players playing um, and I've got a lot of value tied up in him. So, I want to just give it a little bit more time in terms of what I do with this guy, whether I decide to keep him on the wild card or whether I get rid. I mean, looking at Manchester United fixtures, West Ham at home is a pretty decent fixture for 34. Then they've got that double game week. Um, and it's, obviously, it's, it's not a great week at all for the double game week. Um, any of the sides, but you know, man, you have Everton and Manchester City, which is pretty shoddy. Um, but you know, I still might think about covering at least one of their players for that. I'd like to think, and then Chelsea, obviously, really tough fixture as well, thirty-six. But then they've got you know a couple of really nice fixtures just to finish off the season: Huddersfield and Cardiff, and it'll be good to have some cover um, for those games. I think like Pogba, he's the man that I've got at the moment in my actual team. Um, like I said, I'll be benching him, but I've got about a million pounds tied up in value. I, I haven't really decided whether I'm going to keep him or not at the moment. You know, I, I'm leaning towards keeping him because I'm I always I, perhaps I keep a little bit too much faith in my players quite often, but he was on a really good vein of form. He's, he's not overly expensive still, he's 8.9, but you know, he's not as expensive as some of the other midfielders, and and we know that he can return you know high points and he's on penalties as well for United. and you know, the last few game weeks have been a bit disappointing, but I'm still, you know, I would just like like to hold him perhaps a little bit longer and perhaps even keep him for the wild card. But, I, you know, it's a, it's a 50-50, to be honest, at the moment for me. Yeah, I get that. And uh, I guess you, you got rid of Rashford already, right? So it's, it's more of a, uh, perhaps staying with, with Pogba, but, but not really expanding that any further. All right. Uh, Teb, what do you reckon? I guess the thing with Pogba is that you know he's going to play 90 minutes each game. Um, and that's a major draw if there's another double game week and what we've experienced here with uh, all of this rotation. Um, recently, I suppose he has been playing a bit deeper with Matic out and whatnot. But Matic seems to us. I mean, did he play? He played at the weekend? I think he, yeah, he, he might have been on the bench, wasn't he? I think he played um, one, didn't he? But yeah, still no, no attacking returns for Pogba. I think... Um, He's in a bit of a lull of form, so I think I'm on the fence of him as well. I don't actually have any value tied up in him, so um, uh, getting him back on wildcard would be the option. But um, I've been inclined not to go with the, the guy, actually. Um, I think there's quite a few options for the 34 wildcard without going for Pogba. Um, so I'm not actually persuaded by Man United assets. Yes, they have a couple of nice fixtures towards the end, but that could probably be dealt with a couple of free transfers. Um yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not hundredly, um, totally uh, swayed by the Man United assets. Totally, yeah. their their back four as well. Um, they're, they're pretty leaky actually as a as a force. Um, I think I posted some clean sheet potential up before this double game week, and um, they were in the midst of the the other teams playing. So it, they weren't within anything special. So mm. yeah, not hundred percent about their um their whole force. Maybe Rashford, but. Yeah, look, looking at Pogba's sort of underlying stats, I think in the last six game weeks he's really sort of dropped off a dropped off the wall in terms of data. I think he's actually only had ten goal attempts in the last six, which is matching the likes of Isaac Hayden, which is is pretty damn poor to be honest, considering he was almost like catching up with Salah in terms of overall goal attempts for the season. So 
his his form has clearly dropped. I know they had this new manager bounce with Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, but you know it seems like Pog was suddenly his agents talking about this hint of him moving again in the summer to Real Madrid, and maybe he's he's getting uncomfortable. Maybe things aren't as rosy as they were, and he seems to be one of those players that only really plays when he wants to. And I don't know what's happened, but it seems like it is, he's definitely dropped form. It is a bit concerning as, as a Pogba owner. Yeah, definitely. Like the creative data as well. Um, he's only created nine chances in the last uh, last six, uh, which is not that great either. You're, you're along such luminaries as uh, Isaac Hayden and uh, Ingrello Kante down there. So, yeah, it's, it's not looking particularly good for Pogba. Um, however, I guess I'm going to be keeping hold of him. I'm on wildcard this week, big reveal, and I'm not going to be revealing it until the, after the deadline, just because I don't want to. I just don't, don't want to be messed up by people telling me what's best. Um, but with, with Pogba. Keeping hold of him, I got him in for eight point one. He's on penalties, he's explosive. He's got West Ham in thirty four. Um, West Ham are so on the beach they're in their flip flops under a cabana, or, ordering a mojito at the moment, aren't they? So, um, and their defence has been diabolical um, over the last few. Um, he's going to play ninety minutes in that game. He's probably going to play ninety minutes in the Dublin thirty five um, versus Wolves. Like watching him as a football mind, you're thinking, yeah, okay, this guy is really not really with it at the moment but from an FPL point of view um he could have got two assists very early in the second half it was poor finishing by Matomonet who could have got Brace and Kaku and um, there's still going to be the mantle of responsibility on him uh, throughout the end of the season um I think just because of how important he is and how important he is to the team for me um he's just worth keeping hold of um i I understand that if you are looking to get rid of him for a 33 asset and that's a perfect way of doing it, you prefer to keep hold of Ross, uh, Raheem Sterling, for example, then that's a good idea. If you don't have any value tied up, tied up in him like you don't, Ted, um, that's yeah, perfectly logical to get rid of him and then reassess. I mean, Martial could emerge as a great option for 34. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I think that there's definitely a case for keeping hold. Um, I think that he does have the quality if he does uh, you know fancy it uh, if he does turn it on to actually produce something so for me i'm, I'm going to keep hold of him but um yeah it's, it's definitely tough and i think man nice in general uh one you would be monitoring and i think probably one where you'd be lots to double up um as you said to have the defense is just just not worth your time uh but going forward they have for example had the second most big chances amongst any attack over the last six so there's still the stats there to suggest that someone's going to score it's just who's going to score um, which might be the problem in Pogba, will probably be the man who's going to play those games. It's just hoping that, you know, a Matic type is going to act as a platform for him and he's going to pay a bit further forward than he has been. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, do you reckon that's okay? Is it okay to say? Um, or do you think it's me being a bit fanciful? No, I, I totally agree. I think um, another point is that Man United has been chopping and changing players um, for maybe the last four fixtures, maybe with injuries. Uh, and Lukaku coming back. Uh, and since Solskjaer took over, their form was absolutely scintillating, but they kept largely the same team each week. Um, so Rashford, um, Pogba, the likes of uh, Matic. Um, I think don't think Sanchez played. I'm not sure Martial played that often. Um, I might be wrong there. Um, I'm not sure. Uh, he, had, he had a dodgy. Uh, a do- he had a dodgy co- Coco van, I think, and uh, <laughs> missed 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 the bit. We go remember the he lives five minutes from the stadium. He makes oh, yeah, yeah, way there yeah. debacle. Yeah, I think they've so, also missed um, Herrera as well, haven't they? He was playing quite a lot of that period in yeah, time. Again, he's been on and off, isn't he? Um, but I think if they get the same team out every week, they're not a Man City. They can't change it every week and win. I think they need some consistency and then possibly Pogba becomes an option again. 
That mm, no, certainly makes sense. I guess on Man City, that's nice to segue on to the uh, next question about City run-ins. Uh, so FPL Awesome asked us who the best Man City assets to have are for the run-in, shockingly enough. Um, so we've seen, obviously, over this double game week that perhaps the TLDR of all of this is that look at your Man City player as a single game week player because they've got the strength and depth to literally change pretty much everything, unless you own the Port or Edison. Um, but yeah, it's, it's an inter- certainly an interesting question. I think with game week 34, um, they're away to Crystal Palace, which may be a, a fixture you want something in, something in maybe. And in 35, they've got uh, Tottenham and Man United, which isn't the best of double game weeks, uh, to, to put it lightly. Um, Tottenham, sorry, uh, Spurs, City cover then, guys. What's the uh, what's the view? Are you even going to do anything there? Like maybe there is a case. I remember over Christmas, for example, Ville Ronca uh, went without any City cover and just had Edison in goal. Like, is, is that even viable? Or would we want one, maybe just in case? Uh, Nick first. So, I think actually for me, I, I'm genuinely thinking of uh, tripling up on the, the Manchester City assets as part of my game week 34 wild card. Tripling up, um, yeah, well, I don't see why not. They're going to be going for the title. <laughs> so, game week 34, they've got Crystal Palace, like you said. You know, that's that's a really decent fixture, and I'm, I'm probably going for the same guys: Laporte, Sterling, Aguero. Uh, and as long as Aguero's fit. But yeah, Crystal Palace has a great fixture. Then in 35, the good thing about this double game week is that Pep's not going to be playing the B team. He's, he's going to be playing he's going to be playing his best team against Spurs and against United, which means that I'm pretty sure that Sterling's going to start both. Aguero's going to be starting both. And, and Laporte will be there, of course, as well. So why not back, um, you know, Triple City on my bench boost? And then 36, Burnley... 37 Leicester at home was always a nice fixture. And then they finish off the season with a Brighton away match, which they might be playing the B team if they've already won the title. We have to see. Or they might be playing the best team if they're still challenging for it. But for me, I think Manchester City triple up is what I'm going for. So obviously, obviously you disagree a little bit there. You think that's a little bit aggressive. Yeah. I, you I know, I, I want the best players and the best, uh, I want the best players in my FPL team. And, uh, you know, for this bench boost in 35 and Manchester City are the team with the best players, apart from perhaps some of the Liverpool ones. I get you. And I, I often parody, don't I, people going, oh, rotation, it's all going to kick off. Um, but uh, looking at the, the days between fixtures for Man City, you do have to look at that and think, well, I'm gonna, you're going to be buying a player for perhaps one of the games because, like, You've got the Crystal Palace game in game week 34, two-day break, and then Spurs in Champions League, two-day break, Spurs in the Premier League, three-day break, and then the Manchester Derby. Um, who's going to be fit enough to play all of those games? I think maybe, I don't know, maybe we're going to see the B team in the Crystal Palace game, and then the same team plays all three of those. I mean, there's not very much rest in there. I think, How's yeah. that going to work? Like, he's got to manage his resources, right? There's no way that he's going to just put out the same team. So you're going to be looking at your, your, your players being single game week players, right? But well, that's the that's the problem you've got for all top six teams. So you could say, okay, I'm going to go for none of the top six because of that, or a, a mixture. But then you're talking about teams being on the beach, not being playing. Then you say, okay, you're just going to load up on the teams in a relegation battle, perhaps. Which <laughs> there's not much of a relegation battle going on at the moment either. So yeah. it's quite a tough one. There's going to be rotation, perhaps, all through the league. 
you know. So you could say about any team, really, I, I think. Yeah, I know, but you've got more days for a lot of the teams. So, for example, Man United play um, Barcelona on the Tuesday. They've got four days until the Everton game. Uh, so there's a little bit of a time for R&R there. Uh, the same for, say, like Chelsea get three days, Liverpool get three days and four days after the Cardiff game. Um, so it's going to be maybe that time and maybe the nub of the issue is like how worried we are about these kinds of uh, gaps between fixtures. Because, I mean, there is there are going to be people who play 90 minutes, there are people who are going to play 150 minutes late. Um, Ted, what do you reckon here? Like, uh, Am I over-worrying about this? And is Nick Wright just to be saying, right, the players are the key it's not so much worrying about the calendar. It's just about focusing on that and whatever happens, happens outside of what my control. Um, without sitting on the fence here, I think you're probably both a bit right there. <laughs> I, I agree with certain Oh, points. no. It's a, it's no, a, no. a Lib Dem in, yeah. in our midst, by the looks of it. <laughs> you're <laughs> all right. <laughs> no comment, you're, no comment. You're all right. Yeah, um, yeah I, I had a player run with the wildcard for 34, actually, and um, I... I ended up with a team which didn't have Aguero in it, um, which was a bit scary because he's such a, such a like a key asset. I went for Sterling and I went for Edison. Um, I quite like the double up with Edison and Foster as a goalkeeper rotation. Well, not rotation because I think you play Edison every single game, but Foster has some really excellent uh, double game week fixtures, Huddersfield away, Southampton at home. Um Laporte is the other option that he plays every single game. I don't think he, he tends to get rotated, regardless of the amount of days uh, between fixtures. Um, the other thing that we have to factor in is if we're loading up for players on a bench boost of 35, we have to keep into account the um, team value. So if you load up on Sterling and Aguero and, and Edison and whoever, if you go for three expensive City options, then you're going to be limiting yourself uh, for your bench options, you've got to you've got to get fifteen decent players out. Um, so there's there's a lot of forward options I think for the thirty four wild card. You've got the likes of um, Lacazette, Aubameyang, and then you've got Jimenez, and then you've got Deeney even at Watford. Uh, he's got some good double game week fixtures. Uh, you've got Harry Kane, and then you've got Sergio Aguero. There's there's maybe six or seven possible forward options I think people are going to go for. So yeah, Aguero is a great option, but can you get everyone in? No, you can't. Um, so I guess it's just balancing the priorities, really, uh, and making making decent picks that you think people will play every week. And I, I do get your point, Tom, about the rotation. Um, at the end of the day, we can't second-guess Pep. We can't second-guess him. He's going to play whatever team he wants on, every, on any day, Um so if you're willing to take that gamble and invest in the best team in the league, then that's the strategy you go with. Otherwise, I'd avoid and go with people you know are definitely going to play. But it's just that gamble. It's another strategy decision we all have to make, isn't it? Yeah, certainly makes sense. I think that, like, uh, just to throw a name out there, uh, my favorite, my uh, favorite creative Belgian, Kevin De Bruyne, might be one that people should be could be looking at. Like, if you want the vague security of starts, um, he started the last game, played seventy four minutes, and uh, played a lot in this game as well. And I think I saw at one point he'd only had four touches in the uh, in 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 his own half. So uh, definitely a, a player who really has a t uh, has to make up for lost time in this season and uh, may well be uh, fielded quite a lot uh, quite a lot as kind of uh, given 70 80 minutes um, in every game just to set the tem tempo get city you know that early one or two goals just to put the game beyond doubt and then withdrawn um 
you know, it's certainly quite quite a difficult time um, for FPL managers. I mean, Nick, just to bring you back in here. I mean, um, with all that in mind, then with other with other kind of options, as Ted has mentioned, being on the table, do you still think that it's just got to be City? Is it just because of the, their performance over the course of the season that's just convincing you they can still uh, fight on all fronts and give you points regardless of you know the minutes? Yeah, I mean, at the moment, you've got to look at who has a double. I think you mentioned some really good Watford assets. I think Watford would be a team that's worth covering for sure. And I'll probably be looking at a double or triple up on them as well, including perhaps Foster as a second goalkeeper. I'm still a fan of the triple city. I think Ted made some interesting points about Aguero. I might even be tempted by like a sort of defensive double up or something like that with Edison and Laporte maybe on my wild card and you know mix things up a little bit there and just go for for one attack and maybe your Sterling or your Agrero. I think it's definitely worth attack you know covering that city attack and, and those are the best guys to own and I still think that they're going to be critical to um City's success in the next few game weeks and you know Pep is going to flog them to death you know they got a bit of rest tonight and this was considered their rest game who knows if they'll be playing in the FA Cup semi-final or not. Aguero definitely probably won't be because he's injured still. Sterling might, or he might be considered um, rested for that Brighton game as well. But I, I still think I still think Manchester City are going to be critical and uh, critical to the end of the season to our FPL successes. So they're probably going to be the team that I really want to cover. You know, I look at the 35 fixtures and, and, you, and it is a question like Liverpool have Cardiff, Chelsea have Burnley, they're single game weeks. Can the single game weekers cover the double game weekers that um, the likes of Pogba and Manchester City um, assets? It's, 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 they could potentially, but you know, I think for me, Manchester City assets still with their fixtures and with their team are, are key. So maybe it'd, be, it'd probably be a triple up, but maybe it might be. I might have been persuaded to go for two defenders rather than two attackers to save a bit of money and and allow me to afford the likes of Harry Kane because Harry Kane has um, Huddersfield in thirty four, which is a really nice fixture. Yeah, it definitely does. I think um, like bearing in mind how Kane's done tonight, I'm maybe a little mm. less worried than I would have been, and because of the same fixtures basically for for Spurs playing uh, playing City two days before and then playing City again, I'm beginning to wonder whether I really want Harry Kane, but he, he is a little bit different from City players, isn't he? Because he's going to play every game, almost definitely. Q Lorente starting against Huddersfield, of course. Um, but you'd be thinking he's going to play every game. I didn't even say it. <laughs> um, so, I mean, he... I just don't, I don't know, like, he's looking like the sort of player who, I mean, they've got a slightly better uh, double up in 35. Uh, they've got Man City away, which isn't great. And they've got Bryson at home. And if he's chasing the golden boot, for example, we know that, that provides incentive for him. Um, and he might be kind of a, a fairly kind of safe captain for that particular period too. It's It's just... It's just so difficult that thirty-five double game week, isn't it? I mean, that's why I'm kind of looking at um, in my World Cup, for example, having a, a core of Liverpool players because um, they're away at Cardiff, and there's also that Fulham, uh, Bournemouth have Fulham at home, so you, you can feasibly create a decent single out of a, de- a decent uh, a single game week bench for that double game week kind of thing, just because of how difficult a lot of the doubles are. Like they're not worth going overboard over. It's just that that Watford kind of double looks pretty good, doesn't it? Um, uh, Ted, what do you reckon to that? Uh, what do you reckon to Harry Kane particularly uh, towards the end of the season? And I'm digressing a little bit from the question, but worth covering quickly, isn't it? Definitely. Um, I had I had Kane in my final um, sort of uh, bus team for the wildcard in 34. I think even though he hasn't really 
done too much in recent weeks. I think he obviously we know he has the potential to to go crazy on any team. Um, and with um, people settling settling down after the international break, Sun coming back and scoring tonight, that's going to give him a huge amount of confidence. And we know that he links well with Kane. Um, with those two up at the top playing in game in game and out, um, then I think certainly Huddersfield have got uh, you know a difficult game there. And uh, even though they've got Man City away in the in the in the double, they they could feasibly sn- uh, snatch a goal there. And, and Brighton at home is a really good fixture. So I think for me, I, I'd be tempted to to even double up on a on a Tottenham attack um, until the end of the season. Maybe so Son and a Kane. Yeah, I'm not I'm not 100 on the defence mm-hmm. though. I don't think I would touch that. Um, but yeah, Son and a Kane. That that we know that they had at that purple patch about. Was it about 10, 11 game weeks ago where they actually mm. just went crazy? If they've got the fixtures to do it, there's no reason why they can't do that in the new stadium. Um, so that's certainly an option that I'm considering, but I'm not sure if I go through with it. Um, I think it's a bold move. So, um, yeah, I, I think it's an interesting one, this double game week, um, because I think we, we don't have to just plan for the for the double game week with a bench boost, so 15 players, we have to plan for the end of the season as well. So some certain single game weekers like Liverpool, as you mentioned, Tom, were a really, really decent um, shouts. Cardiff away, Liverpool don't rotate much, certainly that front three. I don't think there's any reason to ignore them. We know that single game weekers can do just as well as, as double game weeks in terms of the rotation risk. Um, so I think I might go with a couple of Liverpool players like a, a Robertson or an Alexander-Arnold, and then maybe a Mane. But a thought I had earlier today was, can I really go without Salah? He's one of those players, that if he starts scoring again, he's difficult to get back in. And then I'd be really messing up my wild card, and I think everyone would panic. Um, so what do you guys think about, about Salah? I Salah. Salah. We seem to spend a lot of time on this podcast talking about. I think I said last week on the pod that we uh, seem to fret about Mo Salah at least three or four times per season. Look, like at the end of the day, yeah, the stats are always going to be there on Mo. Um, However, as a game asset at the moment, if you look at most of the measures which are related to points and my fear of Mo Salah. The ownership has uh, has now dropped down to 35.7%. So it's just 4% less owned than Mane is. Um, so at the moment, it's he doesn't justify the extra money. At the moment, judging by the outputs that he's created, despite um, judging by last time's uh, stat analysis, um, the outputs he's creating are the same stats, but he's not, he's not doing as much. No penalties, for example. Um, he, he's not worth the money at this moment in time. But if the, he scores, and as you say, people start to panic, and then the ownership rises to 45, rises to something else, maybe you've got a case to be worried. The counterpoint to that is you've got the Southampton game this week, and if you don't have him, and you've built a Mane team like I have, and a lot of people may well have by now, then I wouldn't be too worried. Because in game with 34, he's then got Chelsea. Game with 35, he's got a single game week. So it's only game week 36, and I'm going to be, begin to start to really worry about it because... Losing that extra three million to get rid of him for Mane is such a massive enabler for the rest of your team. Like the quality just goes up, um, especially if you're looking at a bench boost in 34, having that extra three million pounds around your team. 
that is really useful for a bench boost wildcard people, uh, double game week people. Like, I, that, I can't really see the case for, unless he's going absolutely bananas, which he's not right now, uh, for paying for him. Um, so really, right now, it's it's not worth it. If the ownership does balloon and he does start to knock it out consistently, then I'll reconsider. Uh, uh, I think Nick, probably probably the same as last week, aren't you? And you're catching him this week, but then on the wild card, if you had any second thoughts, are you going to keep him? I'm probably so. The one Liverpool player that I'm definitely going to keep, and I'm very happy with, is um, is Robertson, and he um, he actually got eight points this game, which is actually a pretty decent score considering he'd been the joint second highest in my defence. Um, if I'd have kept him, and he's now got ten assists for the season, that's double figures for that's a defender. Cool. That's pretty damn brilliant, um, and he's outscoring all forwards in the game currently. So he's outscoring every single forward. You know, he's outscoring Aguero by four. He's outscoring Kane by 19. Oh, there's only four players in the game that are outscoring him. Mane is one of them, but Mane is only outscoring him by nine points. And I think, you know, just Robertson, I've had him since the beginning of the season. He's perhaps the only only person that's like never let me down, always been by my side. And this week I decided to get rid of him for my free hits and maybe I should have just <laughs> kept him in there, to be honest, you know, because he contributed something more than more than four-fifths of my midfield anyway. But, um, yeah, no, so um, that's, that's, I'm a bit of a Robertson uh, fanboy, as you can tell. So he's, def- he's definitely staying. But I don't know about Manny and Salah on the wild card. Because, you know, I've talked about the City players. I've talked about Harry Kane. You know, I'm also looking at that Arsenal double game. He could Crystal Palace and Wolves and thinking, oh, I might fancy a bit of Lacquer, might fancy a bit of Aubameyang in there as well. And, you know, like Ted said, you can't own all of these players. So maybe Mane or Salah will have to be the full guys. And I've got them for 33, unlike you, Tom. So I can enjoy them both for that Southampton fixture. Then I can ditch them for Chelsea you know, take the gamble that they're not going to outscore my um, double game week players when they play Cardiff away, which inevitably they definitely will. <laughs> and then and then look to bring someone back in for 36 against Huddersfield at home. And I might try and bring either Manny or Salah and figure out some move to get either one of those guys in so I can even throw the triple captain on them for good measure. Yeah, no, all right, fair enough. No, I'll have Mane. I won't have Salah for this for this game week to come. But yeah, no, uh, sounds like you're you're waiting to see what happens for us. Uh, I, I've already jumped the gun. I'll have uh, free Liverpool uh, this game week. By the way, I was going to have uh, won't have Salah. I'll have a defender, another defender instead. I'm probably going to have Robertson and maybe Van Dijk or TAA. I'm not sure yet. Right. Um. So I mean, we will talk about game week 34 next next week with uh, FPL family who are joining us, which we're looking forward to. Um. But let's uh, have a look at game week 33, the blank game week to come. Uh, Round two for, for me in terms of uh, people playing the Orthodox strategy versus mine. I free hissed in 31. I'm wildcarding this week, whereas everybody else has planned for 31, dead ended into 31 and 33. So it'd be cool to see what happens. We've got a few questions on this. Um, Tack Hart asks, uh, he's, well, he says that he can get 11 out in the game week 11 with just one free transfer, but asks, is it worth a hit to uh, you know, field more players, to optimise, given the positive assets out there? Um, FPL Rick asks, uh, what's the best for game week 33? A few people are not really too sure how they're, how they're going to approach it, like whether they just kind of leave it, because for a lot of people, you've got the one luxury transfer, don't you? So it might be worth kind of talking about, like for me, on wildcards, it's a little bit different, but what you guys are doing this week, how you're set up, and perhaps what transfers you're making as well, because that seems to be a bit of a head-scratcher for some people. Uh, Ted, what are, you, what are you doing? Um, so I free-hitted this week, so uh, it goes back to my team for 31, and I've got um, 11 players playing. Um 
triple Chelsea, triple Liverpool, triple Leicester. Um, I was a bit worried about Chelsea assets before tonight's game, so it's good to see that they've sealed a 3-0 win. Um, I think my transfer this week will probably be a Fabianski to another goalkeeper. I haven't decided which yet. Um, I like I quite like Dubravka at home to, to Palace, but... I mean, are you, you, you going to remove Fabianski there? Like, he looks like the only West Ham player who's actually bothering to do anything, and like he's, yeah. gonna, he's probably going to get saves, right? He's going to get saves against the hopefully not a pen save, but he's going to get saves, right, against Chelsea. So yeah, I mean, the return fixture was nil nil at um, the London uh, London Stadium, wasn't it? And he he, he played a, an instrumental part in that, and I think he ended up with like a, a double digit score. Um, so I guess the history is there, but I don't. I guess we don't really have to go on. Um, return fixture history to make that decision. Chelsea away for me. Just I can't see Chelsea, I can't see West Ham keeping a clean sheet there. Um, but it's always the way. Once you remove a goalkeeper when they've got a bad fixture and they end up with a double digit score and you yeah, yeah. <laughs> you <and> virtuoso <laughs> performance, twelve yeah. saves. That'd yeah, be classic Fabianski, wouldn't it? It would be what Absolutely. about Schmeichel, maybe Huddersfield? Yeah. Uh, Osmo's just said like, he, did, he did get he did get eleven points against Chelsea in the in the other fixture this season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, sad, sadly, I, I I can't bring in um, a Leicester, a Liverpool, or a Chelsea goalkeeper because I've tripled up on them already. Um, so the likes of Bournemouth against Burnley at home, but. Boric seems to look, uh, lost his place um, to Begovic like in the last game week. So I don't know what that was about. Um, whether it was just an international break rotation thing, but um, it slightly puts me off bringing in a Bournemouth goalkeeper now. Um, so the only, only other options were Heaton um, away to Bournemouth, but that doesn't seem like a great fixture. Dubravka home to Palace. Uh, Guita, however, however you pronounce that, against them. Um, Newcastle guitar, um, yeah, guitar, yeah. Um, uh, who else is anyone else? Uh, oh, that's, that's it. I mean, it's um, oh, Leno, Leno. Le- oh, Arsenal. yeah, I've, I've, got, I've got Leno in goal this week. Uh, have you? Yeah, good I have Jay, yeah, good old Jay Leno with his massive chin that's bound to save a goal. Um, <laughs> no, it, it sounds like such a bore, uh, forgive me, but it sounds like such a boring move. Like, surely you can do uh, yeah. anything, like, it's better, surely it's just better. You're better off keeping uh, Chris Osmos just said that you're better off keeping Fabianski than getting Pitford or Jay Leno in. Like, Pitford's just gonna have a have a fracas, isn't he? And that Leno's just, uh, yeah, he's, he's just going to fluff something, isn't he? He's the awesome goalkeeper yeah. after all. Like, surely you've got um, something else you can do. <laughs> I'm quite happy with my team, to be honest. Um, I've got it's Fabianski in goal, and then David Luiz, Robertson, and Pereira. Um, Hazard, Salah, Mane, Madison, Higuain, Rondon, Vardy. So, oh, oh, pretty... dad bod, surely it might must, uh, must be. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Pin um, Wilson for Higgy, maybe. Yeah, might have a chopping block. Like, uh, <laughs> like going to Lacazette or something, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, FPL was stag asked us earlier is Higuain in form or overperforming? I think with tongue wedged firmly in cheek. Like, he's just, it's just nothing there, was there, in, in the first game against Cardiff? And you know, tonight he's been dropped. So, like, surely that must be one that you must be thinking, oh, I could, I could. Get something. I'm, um, I'm a bit invested in Higuain because I brought him in for 31 and I, I kept him for 32 free here, and now I've got him back for 33. It seems like I've invested quite a lot of time in Higuain, 
and he's got to come through at some point for me. Otherwise, I just feel like he's a massive wasted pick. And the reason I brought him in is because his stats, his quantity stats, the number of shots he's had was pretty good. Uh, yeah, he does shoot actually quite far away from the goal. but um... it's, it's just shots, isn't it? Like He's been showing up, I think, um, on, on the stats for quite a while. So a lot of people have been going, oh, look, he's got X amount of shots. But if you watch them play, like the shots are just... Like it's like it's like kind of a Dusan's Tadic or like a set yeah, level yeah. stats, isn't it? Where you look at it and think, oh yeah, that's great. Look at the XG and you're just like, nah, yeah, absolutely. Nah, yeah, interested in that. <laughs> he sort of takes the ball at the edge of the box and then swivels and then shoots from the edge of the box, which isn't great. Um, so for a centre forward, you'd want someone to um, possibly get a bit closer to the goal. But then the likes of Azpilicueta, like uh, swinging those balls into um, into the box, like he did for. Morata um, seems like ages ago then maybe he quite can pick that that role back up but I mean Giroud's doing really well I think he's going to yeah. challenge his place for Higuain no. I, I wouldn't be surprised though. one of the top three goal scorers in French history don't forget that <laughs> very, very World Cup winner very useful as a man of course uh, Nick what do you reckon to this then uh, what's your week uh, looking like uh, how are you going to be approaching this uh, this uh, game week 33 uh, blank are you worried about it you must have 11 right so I've, I've actually got 12 men at the moment so you know I mean I'm in good shape for it not that it's gonna do my uh, game week any good of course but um, you know I'm looking at um, Arnautovic as potentially being my my transfer So it's not the not the best game to have, of course. Um, and he's been a bit of a rotation risk in recent weeks as well with um, Hernandez. And he's just a bit of a liability, to be honest. So I think Arnie's probably going to be the man that goes, if anyone in the team. I do have Fabianski like yourself, Ted, but I think I'm going to be sticking with Fab in goal. I'm quite happy with his performances and uh, how he's how he's been doing. I mean, I'm not happy with his performances, but at least when they sort of concede, he tends to pick up a save point. You know, he's he's had multiple frees in a row. I think he did, didn't he? And the Huddersfield game was a bit disappointing. But um, in terms of Arnie replacements, I don't actually have the budget for. Um, Vardy, which is a bit disappointing. I've got a bit of surplus in the in the account. I've got one point six million in the account, but I can't I can't do a straight swap Arnie to Vardy. So it's an interesting question from Tack about taking a hit, but I, I think I'm gonna resist the hit. It'd be quite nice to have Vardy in my team because I've less to have Huddersfield away. And um, currently my only uh, Leicester coverage is Pereira. Um, who's been an absolute troll. I think he, uh, he got six points in the five game weeks that I played him. And then obviously I didn't have him this week and he, he outscored them all with an eight-pointer against Bournemouth at home, which is a complete joke. But of course, it means <laughs> it's a, it means a zero pointers imminence against um, Huddersfield. Absolutely. But yeah, at the moment, he's my only Leicester cover. So um, I did look at Leicester players, but I'm very happy with midfield. I've got Mane, Salah, Hazard and Brooks in midfield. Um, Pogba's the fifth man that, like I mentioned, I've got a lot of value tied up in, so I'm not really looking to sell. And then um, up front, I've got Arnie, Barnes and King. And, and Barnes, is, um, Barnes and King are actually playing each other, Bournemouth, Burnley. So I'm probably going to keep both of those, hoping that at least one of them scores in that fixture. And then Arnie's the, the man, like I said, the, the extra man that goes. But um, in terms of replacements, it is a bit... There's, there's not much... Um, it's Spitzlin pickings. As I mentioned, I can't afford Vardy. So there's a couple of options, I guess. And one's Wilson, which I think he's a really good pick. But I've already got Brooks and King. I'm not sure if I want to triple up in the Bournemouth attack. Um, seems a little bit aggressive. 
And the other option I was thinking about, um, which would be entertain you, Tom, is a uh, is a uh, Salomon Rondon. Um, so, I'm, I'm on the Rondon. Well, you're back on the Rondon wagon. So I am. I am. He's I am. got um, he's got Chris Paris, and yeah, he's he's been doing really well actually <laughs> in recent weeks. Uh, you know, three goals uh, and one assist and two assists in the last six. Um, you know, some really decent returns and his underlying stats have, have been pretty good as well. He's been top of the, you know, the shots and target metrics for the last few game weeks. So, um, yeah, top yeah. in the box as well. 18 shots and uh, at 5.9, you've got to be looking at him and thinking, yeah, all right, that's a decent pick. Crystal Palace, uh, yeah, defensively solid against teams around them. Um, but but who knows? Like, I think Newcastle are, are probably, they've probably got one, one big performance left in them, let's be fair. Um, and I think that they're not quite safe yet, 35 points. They've still got to win at least one more um, before they can rest easy, probably two before they can be absolutely safe. Um, but I think that home game against Crystal Palace may well be um, the sort of game where uh, they, they do okay. Um, and Palace themselves are on 36, so they're by no means on the beach quite now. But yeah, no, um, I, I'm quite behind. I think, um, I, I really, I think that game's going to be really interesting because I think, um, Newcastle's record is they've won their last five at home, and uh, yeah, Palace really have won like five of six, five of their last six away games or something. So something's got to give there. Um, and I think both are—they're not near the drop, but they're—you know—one more win is going to seal absolute um, certainty to remain in the Premier League next season. So um, I think that's going to be a bit, bit of a tight one, but I, I do fancy Newcastle at home. I. Yeah, I do as well. I like that. I like that because it's a beatable team. You know what kind of support they have at home. And uh, yeah, I mean, this weekend against Arsenal, I don't think they'd have had harboured any serious hopes of winning that game. Uh, But they must be looking at the Crystal Palace game and thinking, yeah, this is a game we can win. Yeah, we're going to go probably go for it. I think like Rondon has definitely been benefited by um, Almiron hanging out, making space, uh, getting the ball through to him. That's the kind of creative player he is, and it's, it's definitely transformed him a little bit. Uh, Nick, what do you reckon there? Yeah, I think definitely Amaron um, has really improved that Newcastle team. They, they seem, you know, they seem in good form. They're performing well, and then you know, Rondon is. I think he's, he's not actually um, a player, isn't he? He's on loan. They definitely should look to sign him in the summer, and hopefully, uh, Mike Ashley will open those purse strings rather than trying to buy half the high street. But we'll have to see on that one. Yeah, no, it makes sense. All right, uh, let's move on to the final question, which is about, uh, aptly about Captain Z. Um, Captain Z, what's that? Captain Z. Um, uh, Jerome Hughes just asked in the chat, and it's probably a nice segue on to the end of the pod. Uh, but we'll ask some, get, some, get some questions on the chat after that. Um, uh, who should be captain? Um, should we buy Hazard, for example, in for a hit? Um, should we buy uh, you know, Mane? Should we be looking at Salah and defaulting to him? It's quite a difficult game week, this one, uh, coming up. Um, I think that a lot of people may have sold on Hazard now. Uh, sorry, a lot of people may have sold on Salah now, uh, given the drop in uh, drop in ownership there. So um, perhaps not as clear as it might have been otherwise a few weeks ago. Uh, what are you guys thinking for captain? Have you got any kind of solid opinions yet? For me personally, I'm still back and forth a lot of, a, amongst a lot of options. Uh, Nick, are you uh, on Salah this week on your so- map? So at the moment, yeah, the captaincy is on Mo. Um, he is turning out to, to look like a little bit of a differential now that so many people have sold him and, him and you know, people can't bring him in. I've got Salah Mane Hazard. They're obviously the free picks, the free choices out there, you know. And I think Hazard definitely has made his case for being the captain. Um, 
this game week, though, you know, he didn't start against Cardiff. He got an eleven pointer against Brighton. He's he's definitely got that potential. But I just can't I can't bring myself to captain him personally. I think it's it's, it's always gonna end badly. So I think between Manny and Salah, I think Salah he's the premium asset. He's he's the one who's um actually they're both now competing sort of for the golden boot, but he's like the leading goal scorer and uh and I think he'd be the best pick, and he's probably um, he probably is a little bit of a differential now that so many people have sold him. You know, the likes of yourself, Tom, you can't you're not, you're not going to have him. So I think he, he does it does. Um, if you own him, it's it's worth captaining. I think personally, yeah. Default to has uh, default to Salah makes uh, definitely makes sense. I feel like I keep Freudian slipping who my captain is. Uh, but before we go into that, uh, Ted, what are you thinking about this week? Um, I know you do a lot of infographics around. Uh, around team performance in terms of over and under indexing on the de- on the stats that they're producing. Um, what's that thrown up and any kind of uh, wayward thoughts there or are you defaulting to, to Salah like Nick is? No, um, funnily enough, um, my current captaincy um, is set on Hazard actually uh, in my bus team, which, which goes against quite a lot what my stats say. Um, so you mentioned the, the under overperforming stuff. Hazard for me is a serial underperformer uh, for the class of player that he is. Um, and the reason for that is his quality of, of shot each time is is considerably lower than his counterparts like Salah and Mane, um, which means every shot that he has is less likely to go in. He's a very frustrating player to own. In, in a- yeah, yeah, he, he, he definitely is quite frustrating. I, I don't know that... Yeah. Nick, 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 I'm sure Nick has never commented on this, nor called him never. Mr. Poopy bump hole. Poopy <laughs> 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 bump hole. Sorry, yeah, and you apologize. Uh, you know, he, he definitely is quite frustrating. Um, but yeah, no, I, that's what you mean. Though. Like, does that lead anywhere? Like, do you think that that's worth it? Because like, it, it's one of those weeks, isn't it? Where there's no clear, um, clear option, right, Ted? Oh, he sees. I think he's completely disconnected. There. Have we lost him? I think, so. I think so. He, he, unless he's smiling and thought that my jokes were. <laughs> he got him paused in, <laughs> in, a, in a happy Ted. Yeah, a, happy, a happy moment. He's just met the mother. Right. Uh, <laughs> right uh, well, th- this week is, is quite a tough one. Um, I looked through the FFS data on each of these guys and none of them were any good, are they? I mean, this was obviously before tonight. So I think Hazard is probably looking a little bit better now. Um, but over the last four game weeks, um, Hazard was actually overperforming in terms of his XGI. He'd only had six attempts, um, which is not particularly good. Uh, Marnay's had four shots in his last four away games. Again, not particularly good. Uh, Vardy has had just six attempts in his last shots away from home, in his last games away from home. Again, not particularly good. Um, it's a bit of a lucky dip. Like with Vardy, Huddersfield, yeah, I can get that. Like if Huddersfield completely given up, you, you may be thinking, yeah, I'm, I'm just going to go for that. Um, if uh, with Mane, it feels like a bit of a, a bit of a default. Um, Salah's obviously doing a little bit better, and he's got five returns in three against Southampton, so I think that's a worthy default uh, for a lot of people. Uh, but it's, it's that kind of time when you'd be looking, for example, at um, England's Josh King. Like if Southgate's around, like maybe he'll be playing up for the cameras. Who knows? Um, but very decent home records. He's been performing pretty well. Uh, creativity stats actually quite right up there. Um, but given the paucity of a standout option, sometimes it is about the opposition perhaps being more interesting. Um, how bad the defence is that they're going to come up against. So West Ham, for example, were third for shots and target conceded over the last six. Um, they've also had the most big chance conceded with 23. Um, I, I'm 
think that that's probably worth thinking about. Um, can, that they really just do not look like they care anymore. They've got their 40 points after that win against Huddersfield. And I think that that's basically it. They're done for the season. Um, Huddersfield have conceded the most shots in, uh, shots in the box, um, fourth on target. So maybe we push towards uh, Vardy. And Burnley are actually looking quite strong. Um, so maybe you'd not be looking at it like Josh King. Um, but yeah, maybe it is a case of looking at you know West Ham and uh, Huddersfield as how bad they are that will help you dictate your options because Southampton actually look pretty solid if you look at the opposition stats and it feels like one of those games that maybe is going to be decided by one goal maybe Nick I mean uh, Salah does do pretty well in that sort of situation doesn't he remember there's been countless times where he's just nicked the one and I think against Southampton last year he came off the bench didn't he and got a brace so I, I guess you, you're going to be looking at um, perhaps Liverpool just showing their class more than the actual data showing you very much yeah, potentially. I think yeah, there's there's a paucity of options this this game week. And maybe you know, I'm already tripled up in Liverpool, doubled up in the attack. Um, those defensive stats you just mentioned are making me second guess myself and my decision there a little bit. Though I probably won't change my mind. I think, um, like I said, you know, Mr. PV perhaps is maybe the best pick out of the bunch. Um, you know, even maybe maybe you can feel, go for an Uber differential like Dad Bod and, and just go and captain him after all those shots and target stats you mentioned about no, uh, West Ham no, no, no. <laughs> I'm, I'm joking, I you know, firmly tongue in cheek like yourself a little <laughs> bit, but you know, it could be a good game week for him to be fair. So it might be if you if you own him in your team like Ted does, maybe it's maybe I wouldn't sell him. Even though we were kind of encouraging him to sell him a little bit earlier, with the uh, with the risk of Giroud, um, you know, I think um, FPL used to mention Giroud and whether he'll start in the chat. You know, only only really Sarri Sarri knows who he's going to pick week in week out. But you know, Sarri has worked with um, Higuain um, back at Napoli, and they've they've worked well together. And he did very well when he used to play at Napoli. But the Premier League is a you know very different league to um, Serie A. But uh, yeah, I've gone off a bit of a tangent again. Thinking <laughs> back to the captain's pick, I think Vardy is a really good shout if you own him. Definitely a very interesting pick. Uh, um, but I don't own him. Unfortunately, I can't get him in. So I probably will be sticking with Salah at the moment, even though um, Hazard has made a case for himself this game week. Yeah, I think a last Hazard is where I'm uh, where I'm sitting. And Ted, we lost you. Um, I thought you yeah, uh, offended, offended by the idea of me mentioning uh, me mentioning Hazard. Um, I think uh, there's been a good point made in the chat, which I'd agree with, which I was about to, <laughs> again uh, about to almost say, which is uh, with Giroud on as Nick just said. I think that um, Hazard is a is a definitely a perhaps different beast than he is with uh, with Higuain. I think Always Cheating mentioned this week that uh, Giroud is uh, renowned for his uh, back-to-the-goal sort of thing, whereas uh, Higuain is renowned for his uh, in-the-box sort of play. And it just looks like uh, Giroud just completely seems to complement Hazard's game. So that might well be it. And uh, yeah, I may, I may be joining you, Ted, on, uh, on Hazard. Uh, so transfers and chain transfers this week. Now we've kind of talked about the captains. Um I'm on wild cards. Uh, I'm going to probably put what I'm doing up on Saturday just because I don't really want too much interference. I'm going to show Nick and a few other people tomorrow night at the drinks. But other than that, I'm going to I'm going to keep it to myself uh, because last year I uh, put my wild card out there and I think I managed to get myself ch- talked into things I didn't really want to do. Um, call it weak, call it a, a propensity to listen and empathise with other people. Um, but I, I want to trust myself this year rather than uh, putting that out there. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'll have 11 this week and I'll have a, a 
very, very strong look in 34. And I think in 35, I'll have 12 double game weekers and then three single game weekers in Robertson, Mane and King. Um, right. What are you guys doing this week then to have the transfers? Um, you know, we've got the captains out of the way. Nick, what are you doing first? So I've already kind of talked about it a little bit. I'm mm. probably looking at Arnie going out of the team. He's going to be the main full guy. Everyone else I'm pretty happy with. I'm quite contented with my 12 men that I've already got set up. But yeah, Arnie's probably the man that goes. And it's, and it's likely to be Rondon, of all people, that comes in. Rondon? Nice, nice fun and games. So uh, yeah, Ted, what about yourself then? Well, you guys have... Well, I'm, I'm not sure you have persuaded me, actually. I was gonna, <laughs> I'm pretty sure I'm going to stick to do Fabianski out for Dubravka. Um, I think I don't think anyone's going to own Dubravka, so I, I think he's a nice little differential, actually. Um, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not sure. I, I think I might persist one more game with Higuain, but I think that may be like a gambler's fallacy of just betting one more time on this hopeless individual that <laughs> I'm going to end up regretting. So, um, yeah. Uh, goalkeeper, goalkeeper change then, perhaps, but we'll, we'll see on Friday by the sounds of it. Yeah. All right. Um, so I'm going to close off the pod bit now of this, and this will be cut into a little podcast for people who weren't able to join us. Uh, but, uh, well, just a reminder, everybody, who we are. Uh, we are Who Got This You can find us on Twitter at WCA underscore FPL. And our lead code is 516-441. Yeah, thanks, guys, for listening. Uh, Ted, pleasure to have you join us today for this pod. Pleasure to be on. Thanks for inviting me, guys. Cool. We'll be back next week with uh, Lee and Sam from FPL Family. So it'll be a bit, a, a bit of a mashup uh, to talk about a wildcard uh, strategies and how we're doing the blank. Um, but yeah, uh, Ted uh, is at TED Talks FPL. Uh, but in the meantime, I hope to assist you and we'll speak to you soon. It's a goal. Who got the assist? Who got the assist? Sports Social Podcast Network.